Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Today, I'm very excited to welcome on the show Rich Holman. He's the founder of First American Realty International. It used to be called Different, and Rich will explain because it's kind of funny. Uh, but Rich, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jasper. Glad to be here. Now, I've, I've known Rich for about four years already. I mean, time flies. Back in 2014, I was in Medellin, and I was writing my book, actually, Get Paid for Your Pad. And I met with your business, business partner, Andrew Campion, who's actually also been on the podcast. And I kind of helped him a little bit with setting up uh, the Airbnb listings for the apartments. And, and that's how we got to know each other. And now I've actually invested with Rich myself. I bought a, colo- uh, uh, a penthouse in, in Cali, which I'm very excited about. And Rich is also the organizer of a real estate conference in Puerto Rico that's coming up. But first, let's go back in time. Rich, I know you, you went to Colombia in, back in 2006 when you founded your business, right? That's correct. That's correct. I'd love to hear the, the story. Well, I was living in Florida at the time and had some friends that, uh, actually a couple friends that had Colombian girlfriends and they said, you got to go visit Medellin. And I said, are you crazy? I don't, I don't have a death wish. You know, I like everybody else. I thought Medellin was, you know, Pablo Escobar and the FARC and violence and mayhem and drugs and all that stuff. But I finally came in August 2006, and it, it hit me so quick when I got down in the valley and saw the, the city and felt the energy and the vibration and, and the green and the, and the friendliness. And it was like immediately, world's best kept secret. So I said, man, this is incredible. So I came back two months later, uh, and about the third day I was there, I said, you know, I better buy something before the world gets here. And so I Googled Medellin real estate in English so I could find a broker or an agent or somebody. And there wasn't one word of English on the internet. So at age 63, not speaking Spanish, not being in real estate, I started the planning for a company to help foreigners, uh, foreign buyers, investors, visitors, renters. And we started First American Realty Medellin with a part-time employee. And now we've grown to over 100 employees and offices in Medellin, Bogota, Cali, Cartagena. We're a very profitable company. We've got four major divisions, but the heart and soul of our company is property management, and that's getting good rental returns for our investors, for our commercial projects. It really is critical, and of course, Airbnb, Airbnb plays a very important part of that. So, so you started off in in 2006 in Medellin. You you bought your own first property, and and then you started buying properties to sell to investors, correct? Well, no, not, not actually. Actually, the company was formally established in 2007 with the idea of just selling residential real estate. That, that's all we did at the beginning. And of course, the first thing we had to do was come up with a name. And so my, my name, I sent it to my brother, who's sort of my business advisor, good friend of my brother. I said, hey, we're going to do First American Realty Columbia, you know, so we can cover the whole country. 
and he, he comes back to me and says, what, what are you crazy? That's the initials are F A R C that's FARC you dummy. And I said, Oh, okay. So, so we changed it to first American realty Medellin and kept that name for six, seven years until we started expanding and, and we went to international. Um, but the, the property management came up almost by accident because about half our buyers the first two years wanted us to manage their properties. They weren't there full time. So we set up a property management group and grew that over time from one person now up to, we're up to 20 people just in property management. And then we started doing commercial projects where we buy an old building, rehab it, furnish it, interior decorate it, and put it in the short-term rental market. Those are called preps, package real estate projects. We've done 13 of those now and been very successful. They're like a passive income. You invest in one of those and you get an 8% return every quarter and, and you don't have to do anything and you can get an investor visa. So people like those. Uh, they've been very, very popular. And then we did our tips, which you bought, turnkey a turnkey property, where it's, you bought it fully furnished, interior decorated. We do everything, and we just send you a check every month from, from your rental returns. And now, of course, we're going to the coffee and agriculture. In fact, you forgot to mention you're in our coffee deal, too. So oh, that's right. uh, I think that's going to be our best project ever. Yeah, it's, you see, you got so many investments worldwide, you know, you're forgetting half of them. I know. After. <laughs> I know, it's but, crazy. <laughs> but finally, uh, in our board meetings, about two years ago, we got to thinking, if the dollar weakens, what's going to happen to our business in, in Colombia? Because the dollar, you know, since 75% of our investors in, are, are U.S.-based, but people with the dollar are having a heyday in Colombia. I mean, you, you know, you get a steak dinner, a bottle of wine, appetizers, a drink, and you'd be lucky to spend 15 bucks. And it's just crazy how inexpensive it is here if you've got dollars. But if the dollar weakens, where do we go? Uh, where can we replicate our business model? And we're a dollar-based country. Well, if we don't want to do Ecuador because it's, you know, sort of socialist. Panama's, we like Panama, but it's it, the prices are a lot higher. We don't get the same returns. And about two years ago, we heard about Puerto Rico. Uh, and when I heard about the Puerto Rico story, it was like deja vu all over again. It reminded me of Medellin. You know, all bad news. Everybody's thinking it's bad. Jada, jada, jada. But yet, a great island, phenomenal opportunities. Lower cost per square meter than Medellin. Higher rental rates. Get leverage there. Tax incentives, business incentives. I mean, it's even better in our estimation than, than, than Columbia. So we're holding an investors conference next month, which you're going to be a speaker at. Oh, yeah. And uh, we think Airbnb, San Juan, Puerto Rico. You forgot that too, <laughs> but the, the the Airbnb situation, which we should talk about, I think is just an absolute goldmine. And you know, we're going to let you tell everybody uh, at the conference what that's about. Yeah, I spoke a little bit uh, about the situation in Puerto Rico on my previous episode of this this podcast, actually. And it it really seems like there's lots of opportunities. So I'm I'm really excited to to go down there and to go check it out and to learn from all the other speakers at the conference. Um, but I wanted to go into a little bit because I know you have you have so much experience. You have twelve years of experience of you know buying real estate overseas and doing property management. I'm I'm, I'm sure you could, we can talk about it for like two hours. But I just wanted to get sort of the major learning lessons, the major takeaways from what you've learned. You know, buying real estate overseas and doing the property management, Airbnb, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Well, great question. You know, the first thing, the first, the first basic for any company or any business is who is your market? Who are you marketing to? And we're a little different. We're not like the typical company around the world. 
uh, we're not doing business with the locals. The locals are called Pisces. They've been in that valley for 500 years, and they're tight knit community. You can't really compete with them. Uh, so they're the first decision we made back in 06. We're going to dedicate our business to foreigners, uh, mainly U.S., but also Canada, Europeans, Australians. You know, we get a good mix from around the world. And we're going to be their full support on the ground system. So first thing is, who's your market? So when we rent, we don't, we're not like the locals. The locals, when they rent out, they have to get a co-signer, like called a Fiador. They get, get like, lease insured because they're worried about squatters. And squatters have a lot of rights in Colombia. You might, it might take a year or two to get them out if they don't want to pay the rent. Whereas our, our visitors, our renters, are foreigners. They're coming in a visa. They got to leave. All we got to do is pick the phone up and tell immigration we got a squatter, you know. So in 12 years, we've had two gringos try to squat, and one we cut the utilities off, and the other one we, we changed the locks and the door. They, they lasted each a day. So we don't have problems with squatters. So it's important to make a distinction because since our main market for rentals is foreigners, they're coming to Medellin. They want to be able to walk to something. The location becomes absolutely critical of – if, if somebody's going to buy a property where they want to rent it out on Airbnb, they need to have a location that with us that foreigners are going to want to be able to walk to something like the Zona Rosa, Provenza, the Golden Mile, something where they can go to a restaurant, club, bar, shopping, and not be out in the boondocks. So location becomes critical and paramount with our with our investors uh, that are going to be will be managing their property or if they're going to manage their own. Uh, so secondly is operating costs and operating costs. I sort of separate in two items. One is when you purchase, what's your cost per square meter or cost per square foot? A big mistake people make, uh, I've seen in, in Colombia is they buy new construction. Well, in Medellin and a nice part of town, the new construction is about 6 million pesos per square meter. Uh, be roughly like, $200 a square foot, roughly. But we can buy 15-year-old properties at half that rate. And yet you fix those up, decorate them right in a good location, they're going to rent just as good as a new construction. So right there, you're ahead of the game, as long as you know what you're doing. Then your basic operating costs, of course, are your homeowner administration fees monthly, uh, your utilities, and your taxes. Well, taxes are based on the valuation of the property. and New construction taxes typically are higher, so you're going to have higher operating costs typically. The homeowners is tricky. It's really a function of how many units in the building. So if you get a small building with only eight, eight people, you might be paying three or $400 a month in, in administration, whereas a building with maybe 30 or 40 owners, like what I'm in, my, my monthly administration is about $125 a month. So you got to watch that. Utilities is a non-event in Medellin because every day it's 72 degrees. I don't have a heater, air conditioner, or a fan. Utility costs are just so low, they're almost ridiculous in Medellin, so it's not a major factor. So three things, acquisition cost per square meter, well, four things, location, acquisition cost per square meter, homeowner association dues, and your uh, taxes. That's what you want to look at because from that, you know, we can assume certain occupancies and then your ROI, your net, typically in our market, is going to be uh, 6 to 8%, 6 to 9% if we manage it, if you do it 
10 to 12 percent, 10 to 13 percent, and that's non-leveraged. Yeah, it's it's amazing returns, right? And uh, can you imagine if if you can leverage it, which is possible in Puerto Rico, because that's part of the U.S. Or do you get a mortgage in the U.S. You're you're allowed to buy in Puerto Rico now. Boy, you hit on a key point. Uh, my investment team they haven't run all of our final numbers on our first projects, but I'm I'm excited about the leverage because that's going to put us in double figures. So we're we love it. I mean, and it's only like five and a half percent. Whereas Columbia, if we could get a mortgage, twelve to fourteen percent, which to me that's not leverage. Wait, wait. In Colombia, the the mortgages are twelve to fourteen percent. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow. That's putting thirty or forty percent down, and that's a proven credit income history, and that's with a short amortization of ten to twenty years. <laughs> I mean, it's and that's one reason Colombia is still a bargain because we have a non-leverage real estate market here. Yeah. So you're, it's a much stronger, solid market with great value. I mean, Medellin, <clears throat> if you look at all the international cosmopolitan cities in the world and look at the cost per square meter on a comparative basis, the least expensive city in the world, which is also the best city in the world, is Medellin. I mean, it's because of Pablo, because of Netflix, because of all the BS in North America and Europe. They just don't get it. To leave. And you know, I mean, you know, before you came. You had these perceptions once you got here. Well, wow, oh, man, what a city! Yeah, and Pablo's dead, by the way. In case anybody's interested. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got that memo. Um, but you're absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when I first arrived in Medellin, I was, I was really impressed. I was really surprised, actually. Uh, like you said, it's it's a it's a very modern city. I think they even won some uh, innovation awards, didn't they? Yeah, it's about four years ago. They beat out Tel Aviv and New York City for the world's most innovative city. I mean, you got this great metro. They have the only metro system in Colombia. Great in infrastructure. High-speed internet is phenomenal. Springtime every day. No bugs. There's no screen porches, no lanai's here. <clears throat> the water is mountain spring water. You can drink out of the tap. It's cleaner than bottled water. Uh, great culinary options now. Just a vibrant, fun city. And for any of you guys that are single and well, there's a lot of beautiful people here. The, guy, the people here look—they look nice. They take care of themselves, and and uh, and great healthcare. Uh, of the top 49 hospitals in Latin America, seven are in Medellin. Uh, the, the healthcare system here, in my estimation, is better than the U.S. And it's about one fourth the cost. I was going to say. And at age 74, I've had everything, almost everything done to me, and I'm like, you know, I'm still kicking. I'm not on any medications. Uh, but I would I would not go to the states for healthcare. I would I would prefer Medellin. Right, and now that you touched on the topic of health, I know you're working on on a on a book about sugar. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't want to get too much detail. But let me put it this way: a couple of years ago, I was dying. I had a swollen feet, high blood pressure, uh, I mean edema low energy, aches and pains. I figured, you know, I'm just getting old. I'm dying. And that happens when you get old. It's, you know, a lot of my friends have died. So that's, that's just part of life. But I, my feet were swollen. You've seen the pictures for three years. I uh, looked like elephant feet. And I got this book by accident. I just happened to see it in New York Times bestseller. I buy a lot of stuff off Amazon and sugar crush. And it had the word inflammation on the cover. So I bought the book and read it. And soon to discovered sugar is poison and the day I finished it I met a holistic doctor and she says you ought to do a detox for 21 days no sugar no carbs no booze which I did and day seven 
the swelling went away. And within 21 days, not dieting, but just not eating sugar or carbs, I lost 22 pounds. Blood pressure went normal. Now I'm off all my meds, no more statins, no more blood pressure, no nothing. My blood work now is absolutely perfect. And all it was was just not eating poison, which is sugar. I've since read 12 other books. I know what's going on. I'm getting ready to start my own book called Killing You Softly. But I can relate and tie sugar into the, not only the obvious stuff, obesity and diabetes and tooth decay and gum disease. I mean, that's, those are bad enough. But you can tie it into to cancer, to strokes, to heart attacks, to chronic kidney disease, to ADHD with the kids, to Alzheimer's, arthritis. It's all tied in. Sugar is bad shit, if I can use that word. Thank you. Okay. Well, the, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to quickly mention it is because I, I actually started off, uh, stopped eating sugar myself quite a long time ago because I randomly ran into this uh, this lecture by a guy by the name of Robert Langford, I, th I think his name was. It, it was a lecture at, the, okay. at some university in the US and I randomly ran into it and I watched it and he basically explained in, in very, very deep, very much details like what happens to our bodies when we consume sugar. And, you know, I watched the whole thing. He wow. really goes into yep. the biochemical reactions in your body. And mm -hmm. it just makes so much sense to me that I, I stopped eating sugar uh, right after I saw that. So, and, you know, I, I completely How long agree, ago? agree with you. How long ago was I, that? I, that was, uh, that must have been like six, five, six years ago. Oh, man. You're so lucky. Uh, the, the other one, it's funny you mention that because Dr. Robert Lustig, that's that's the one I mentioned. One of the yeah, greatest. That's the one. You oh you saw that six oh man, Doctor Lustig is phenomenal. Uh, of all the books I've read, his is the best in terms of tying it all together. It's called Fat Chance, but I have his videos too, and I, I in fact I keep it on my desktop. And you look at that video and when he shows the way you, you you metabolize or try to metabolize sugar, well you really can't. The body is not designed to metabolize sugar. It's it's actually a poison to the body. For a hundred thousand years, mankind never ate sugar. You know, we didn't eat it. You know, we ate meat and fats and, and vegetables and fruits. No sugar. The sugar did, did come around to 150 years ago to hit the mainstream. And Lustig shows you what happens. You know, it goes in. You can't metabolize it. It hits the liver. The liver reacts. It starts sending off over to your fat deposits. It starts affecting your bloodstream. It affects your gut bacteria. And it causes insulin spikes, which then retard your leptin, which is so critical to run the hypothalamus. It's just... It, it just does so much bad crap, and the body just can't deal with it, man. And when you see that video, when you, you God bless you, man, you're lucky. Uh, it, it's it's just for anybody's got an ounce of sense when they see it. But the problem is, and you probably know this by now, but the cover up by the sugar industry, and the sugar industry is just not just sugar and high fructose corn syrup. You know, it's it's big pharma, it's fast foods, it's processed foods, it's soft drinks. Uh, it's AMA, it's ADA, it's, it's insurance. They all are making a trillion dollars a year of people that are addicted to sugar, that are having all these problems with it. And the doctors don't treat the cause, which is sugar. They treat the symptoms. They prescribe you medicine to treat the symptoms of sugar addiction. But the cover-up that the sugar industry does, because they control the, they control the governments of 204 countries. They give money to both sides of the aisle. Their lobbyists control it all, so the word never gets out. They control the news media. They're horrible. They don't care. They're just making so much money. They dwarf the tobacco industry. Sugar needs to be treated as a poison. It needs to be labeled, taken out of the schools, letting, letting the world know. 
incrementally tax it. Public service, just like they do tobacco, but even much, much more. I, we could we could reduce healthcare costs fifty percent across the world if people quit eating sugar. And as you know, and as you know, once you quit eating, you don't miss it. But the 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 comparison to sugar and cocaine are incredible. They both they both do the same thing the way they stimulate dopamine. And I, I've been talking to people that are former cocaine users and sugar users, and every one of these people told me it's harder to give up sugar than give up cocaine. Well, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, well, I have to say, <laughs> I, I hadn't seen you in a couple of years, and we met a couple of weeks ago in in Panama, right? In in at the West End at Playa Bonita, yep. and I I walked into the conference room and I saw you, but I wasn't quite sure if it was you or not. I, I had this moment of hesitation where I was like, "Is this rich or is this not rich?" Because you you definitely look different. <laughs> From from when I last oh, saw man. you four years ago. Well, so um, anyway, the the whole sugar thing it's uh, not really related to Airbnb, but I think it's important enough to get to you know to get that message out in in any way because uh, you know it's, it's, it saves lives, it improves lives, and I've experienced it myself, and I've seen the change in you, which is you know completely uh, uh, extraordinary, I would say. So I think it's important enough to, to well, touch on it. You know, Jasper, if we can just get one person just to, to quit eating sugar out of this podcast, we've done something good because I know that uh, myself, when I was dealing with this, it, it's, it's called metabolic syndrome, which is all caused by the sugar. You know, I, I, in my mind, I was dying. I actually sold half my equity in my company back to my partner and said, a ridiculous, you know, I said, I might as well get something out of it before I kick off. And now looking back, you know, I wish I hadn't done it, but I'll take good health over money anytime. And, you know, I, and Mike, mine right now i might have 20 good years left i feel it and you saw me i mean i'm you know all the energy's back everything feels good and everything's working and i mean 74 no medication not a wow. not a pill man and i'm i feel blessed and uh but i it's great you're sharing that message that's nothing more important you can share i mean it's more important than money more important than airbnb more important than anything so i'm glad you brought it up awesome well that's uh let's let's go back to uh Puerto Rico. Let's talk more about the opportunities that are in Puerto Rico and, and why why do these opportunities exist? And and also I would like to touch on the on the tax advantages. Okay. Well, great. Let me. I think the easy way to do this is I'd like to compare Puerto Rico to Medellin. It's funny because it's it, the comparisons are uncanny. Uh, we've got about three point seven million people in Medellin, and Puerto Rico, the island's got about three and a half million. Our climate is springtime all year. Puerto Rico's tropical all year. Uh, we don't have a beach. Puerto Rico's got one. So I sort of call Puerto Rico Medellin with a beach. Tourism growth in, in Colombia and Medellin is exceptionally strong. And Puerto Rico's very strong, uh, even before Hurricane Maria. But it's, it'll, it's, they're, they're getting ready to crank it up big time for the future, which we'll talk about in the, in the conference because that's very important. Because I'm on a – let me dwell on this for a minute. Puerto Rico – for 60 years, had all these business and tax incentives called Manufacturing Act 936. They never developed their tourism business. Right now, Puerto Rico tourism is 6% of their GDP. If you look at all the other hundreds of islands in the Caribbean, their percent of tourism GDP is 20 to 40%. So Puerto Rico, one of the ways they're going to get out of this trap is to expand tourism. And they've just privatized the whole tourism to a privatized group. No more government running this. Brilliant move. 
So we're excited about that. Tourism growth is, good, is great and going to get stronger. Real estate prices on a cost per square meter. Medellin is very low, as I mentioned. Well, in San Juan, for comparable areas, it's even lower in, in, in Puerto Rico. And uh, part of this was just because the island was having problems, and, of course, the hurricane made, made it even worse. So it is a great time to be looking to purchase. Uh, but the key, and this is key for you and your listeners, is the rental market. There is just not a lot of good quality rental uh, spaces there, both hotels and Airbnb. And their prices are higher than Medellin. So get this. We're buying lower. We're renting out higher. Well, what does that do to ROIs? And, and Jasper, you know, you started looking at the Airbnb in San Juan. I mean, it looks like a drunken sailor came off the beach with, with some netting and, and an anchor and threw it into an old apartment. Uh, they just don't show up well compared to the stuff that we do where we use, you know, professional interior decorators. And our stuff looks like something out of Better Homes and Gardens or Architectural Digest. We're going to compete really well in the San Juan market. Uh, Colombia, we have no business centers, no tax incentives. Puerto Rico, we got a ton of business and tax incentives, which we'll talk about at the conference. But you literally, if you if you qualify under Act 2022, you can get your corporate taxes down to 4% and your personal taxes down to zero. And there's a bunch of millionaires going there right now. They're living there. They're doing this for the last three, four years. The crypto crowd has just come in and taken over San Juan. They, they're calling this the center of their universe. Because those guys can literally, if they cash out in four, five, six years with profits of millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars, they won't pay, they'll pay 0% capital gains tax. So they're in there in mass. We don't get mortgage. We have no leverage in Colombia. We've never borrowed a dime here in 11 years. We'll get that in Puerto Rico, which will help our company, help our investors give us higher returns. <coughs> the, uh, about the, one of the few negatives is our labor costs will be higher in Puerto Rico, about tw you know, 20 to 30% higher, but we can live with that based on everything else. For U.S. citizens, uh, there's no visa requirements for Puerto Rico, which is great. You know, coming to Colombia, they have visa requirements. The currency, which is key for us, is dollar-based in Puerto Rico. So that means the dollar weakens. It won't affect us in Puerto Rico. It will affect us in Colombia. So it's a perfect hedge for our company. Um, the uh, tax advantage for U.S. citizens, I mentioned, are just crazy. I mean, this is one of the ways they're helping Puerto Rico get out of the trap is creating these, these tax advantages where if you qualify as a resident, you get all these big benefits. I know uh, our client, good friend, Dr. Tom, uh, he runs a, his business out of Florida, 900 employees, out of Puerto Rico, him and his wife and one other person. And Dr. Tom told me, Rich, I gave myself a 40% pay raise by moving here. That's 40% pay raise. So phenomenal opportunities we're going to go into. At the conference, we have the originators of the Act 2022. They'll be speaking. We've got one of the big five accounting firms speaking. Uh, we've got Rob Reel, who runs the Act 2022 Society there. So everything you need to know about taxes and the Act 2022 will cover at the conference. Travel from North America is easier for Puerto Rico. Uh, both cultures in, in Medellin and, and Puerto Rico are Latino, and Latino cultures are cool. I mean, they, they're more family-oriented. They're more community-oriented. They, 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 they work to live, where in the U.S. we live to work. I mean, it's, it's just a great sense, to, a great part of living here. I, I love the energy and the happiness of the people. Um, I've often said I've seen 
poor people in the poorest parts of Medellin that seem to be happier than the richest people I know in the States. I mean, it just, it's a quality of life. Uh, more English is spoken in Puerto Rico, which is a plus for a lot of our clients. And of course, the Airbnb market, it's very competitive in Medellin. Uh, Jasper, you know, you've seen what we compete with here. It's very weak, or at least you'll tell us at the conference after your analysis of San Juan, and especially the old cities. The old city in San Juan is, is one of the most nicest, most unique, largest, oldest old cities in the world. But comparing that to Cartagena or Casco Viejo and Panama City, we're like 50% less per square meter or even lower. It's, it's a heck of a deal. Um, real estate appreciation, Medellin, you know, we're getting 8 or 9% a year. Puerto Rico, I, I don't even know what it's going to be annually. But if, if we're hitting the bottom right now, that number, I think it's going to be double digits for the next five or 10 years. So we'll see. Uh, ROI and Medellin for rentals, 4 to 10%. We'll announce those numbers uh, in, in, at the conference, but I think we'll be hitting double digits. And, um, you know, that my overall slogan now is Medellin, world's best kept secret, Puerto Rico, world's second best kept secret. <laughs> but we're going to cover all this at the conference. We're going to have the top accountants and, and tax attorneys and Act 2022 people and tourism experts, the government. Uh, and we're waiting any day here to get the governor announced. He'll be coming for an introduction. We've got some great social events, uh, very nice appetizers and drinks at the Marriott Resort one night and at the El Convento Hotel the second night. Just just the booze and the food freebies. It's probably worth a couple hundred bucks. And um, and we got a special price set up for your guys. If anybody from the podcast wants to come to the conference, uh, we've got a nice discounted price. I can't remember what it is, Jasper, but I, I think you're, we got you guys at a lower price. So yeah, uh, if anybody's interested in investing and interested in crypto, interested in, in, in seeing maybe one of the most unique opportunities ever, we're going to cover it all at our investors conference on April 24th to 26th in San Juan. And that price is three hundred and seventy dollars. I think it's a super super competitive price. price. Yeah, I mean yep. super competitive considering um, you know, like you mentioned, uh, the food and the drinks, and then it's three days, so there's there's going to be a lot of information. You probably it's probably going to be all everything you need to know about Puerto Rico and investing. I guess uh, I'm I'm pretty excited myself to uh, to learn, and I'm very much interested in investing myself. After what I've seen and after what I've heard from you as well, because you've been there, right? You've been on the ground. You've been, you've looked at at the, oh, at yeah. the houses and what's out there, right? Yeah, well, I went in with my commercial partner Joe Greco, and Joe's our spearheads our commercial investment program, and we spent ten days in the ground there last April. Uh, we sent in our uh, Sebastian Romero, who works under Joe. Uh, he went in there for the full month of January this year. Uh, our vlogger, Sam Miller, who does vlogs all over Colombia, has now done seven in Puerto Rico. He went in for about a week. Uh, so we've had people on the ground there, uh, as well as dealing with local people so, quite a while. And we were interested in Puerto Rico well before that hurricane hit. That hurricane was the worst one they had in 90 years, and it came in and just you know made the news worse. But, you know, I, like, well, I was in Florida 14 years. We had 20 hurricanes there. And, you know, what do they do after a hurricane? They just rebuild. Well, I mean, you know, it's not like it's like the world thinks Puerto Rico's gonna not gonna rebuild and just disappear. No, they're rebuilding, and uh, that's what people do after hurricanes. Hurricanes clear out the dead wood, and instead of rebuilding with 
with a wooden structure and tin roof, they're going to rebuild a center block in concrete. So that's going on. And it's just that the real news and the fake news don't really report what's really happening in Puerto Rico and what will happen. And I guess it's also uh, very important for Puerto Rico uh, for the rebuilding that uh, foreign investors or I guess investors from the U.S. won't be foreign, but um, that people, investors come in and, you know, and spend their money to help rebuild uh, the country. Yep. To help rebuild and, and help create jobs and, and, uh, and, you know, to earn a fair investment return. I mean, for the people first in that taking that, that risk of the rebuilding and the recovery, they're going to make the most. So you're really, you're really doing two good things. You're, you're making a good return, but you're also helping. And that, that's nice. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, it's great to, to get your thoughts. Uh, is there anything else you, you wanted to mention about the, the conference or Puerto Rico? No, that's, I, I think that's mainly it. Um, it. It's just, you know, for anybody that wants to make money and wants to help, I mean, here's an opportunity because I've, I've been doing these conferences for years all over the world. I've, I've attended them I've, I, and I like, I don't, I've never seen one like ours which is probably 90% information oriented and we're not, there's not a bunch of people peddling products there. This is all information that will allow you to educate you to make a good decision. And then of course we'll present some opportunities. Uh, but it, it's, it's a unique opportunity. So if anybody can get down there for 24th to 26th of April, we, we'd love to have you join us. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to your talk because to me, one of the keys is Airbnb and I, I have no idea what you're going to say. Hopefully it'll be supportive, but I know you'll tell it like it is. But I, I think, I think we'll do well competing in Airbnb and putting our units on there in the in the rental market. So, and anybody, any of your listeners can go out and look at. They can go in there and, and Google Airbnb San Juan and take a look at the stuff that shows up for hundred hundred twenty five bucks a night. I mean, uh, and then compare it to what we have on our web, website. Absolutely. What's, what's so? What, looking what? forward to it, Jasper. Yeah, me too. And and one of the things I like as well about the conference is that you're actually going to take people around town and and look at some actual buildings and apartments, right? Yeah, that's the afternoon of the second day. We're going to break after lunch, and we're going to get uh, put the people in the bus. We're going to have about fifty people, maybe two buses. Uh, we'll go through, look at some residential commercial stuff in Condado Beach, Santurce, and Ocean Park. First hour and a half, and then we're going to go over to the old city and get off by the docks where the cruise ships come in. And Sharif Medawar, who's one of our speakers, but also owns about 20 properties in the old city, very sharp guy. I mean, he's going to do a walking tour with us. We'll just leave the buses and go up to the old city and just see some commercial residential properties. <clears throat> and then, and then <clears throat> excuse me, two and a half hours later at six o'clock, we'll get we'll convene at the El Convento Hotel for a really cool social evening for a couple hours of hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and, you know, open, open bar. So going to be a, be a good, good way to get a firsthand feel for, for the real estate there. Awesome. So for those who are interested in coming to the conference, the tickets are the, at half price, $370 exclusive deal for the get paid for your pet podcast listeners or people who are in my community. Um, I'll put up a, a link in the show notes at getpaidforyourpet.com slash podcast. You'll be able to find the show notes and there, there'll be a link that you can use to sign up, but you could also just email me at jasper at getpaidforyourpet.com and then I'll make sure you, you'll, uh, you get your ticket. 
Um, another thing I'm quite excited about, by the way, is I've never actually been to Puerto Rico, and I'm, you know, we're talking about San Juan as a potential place to invest, but I'm also really excited to, you know, check out some of the rest of the country, like, you know, all the beaches and uh, all the other stuff that's uh, that's out there to see. All right, Judge. Well, great. One thing I might add, um, we're uh, just one last thing, Jasper, that we filled up. We're getting pretty close to the end on the fill-up. The, the hotel, the discounted hotel rooms, the Marriott, have all been taken now. They were half price. We're trying to get another block. So I just want to warn you, if they do uh, click on it to get at the Marriott uh, room, I, I don't know what the price is going to be. We had a, the regular 340 bucks a night. We got them to 170 We're negotiating another block. I don't know what that price will be. But worst case, maybe some of your guys can do Airbnb and report back to us, you know, the experience I know, exactly, that I'd love yeah. to get some feedback. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I, that's what I was going to suggest too. Actually, I already have, I have one, one friend of mine who's uh, going to join. And, um, you know, he asked me the same question, like, where should I stay? I said like, well, why don't you, why don't you stay at an Airbnb so you can experience that uh, firsthand? I think that should be a requirement for your listeners to ask for, since they're getting three hundred forty dollars off the price, we should get some feedback from Airbnb. Okay, that's that's your that's your new job assignment. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be enough Airbnbs out there. Though. I'm expecting at least okay. a couple thousand people will sign up. You know. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, good deal. You might, you might. Well, have man, to, I look forward to seeing you next month. And, and you might have to rent an extra conference room. And, <laughs> And I'll be watching you at the coffee breaks when they when they bring those donuts or, or pastries out to see if you're going to eat any of that stuff. All right, I'm going to stay far away from those. I can guarantee you that. Okay. All right, buddy. Awesome, Rich. Well, thanks oh, for, thanks for your time, and for the listeners, I uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. And if you're interested in going to the Puerto Rico conference, April 24th to April 26th, you can get a 50% discount that Rich has offered to. Get Paid for Your Pet podcast listeners. So simply go to the website, PretoRicoConference.com and apply the code 50% off Puerto Rico. That's one word. It's the letter five, the letter zero, the percentage sign, and then it's O-F-F-P-U-E-R-T-O-R-I-C-O. And the first letters of the words are capitalized. So the first O is capitalized, the P and the R. So I'll be there, I'll be speaking, and um, I already know a bunch of uh, members of the community are coming. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be lots of social events going on as well. So I really look forward to seeing you there. Yeah.